podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It was pretty crazy. We had like champagne guns. Everyone's shooting each other with champagne guns, which was quite fun. Um, I may have been hanging from the ceiling at one stage. I don't know how <laughs> that going that. <laughs> Eat your heart out, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> It's an unusual one today because we're recording at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday, which doesn't normally happen, which means, um, Matthew, it's a little bit of a strange time for you, isn't it? Uh, not a strange time, just one I'm not used to seeing with my eyes open in the morning. Uh, it is 5 a.m. here. Uh, Poor you. But you got to do what you got to do. You can sleep when you're dead. You can't podcast when you're dead. <laughs> Indeed. Um, we have Emma on the show. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. It's really sunny again here in Glasgow. I feel we do need to report that every time because it's so rare that, um, you know, you know we, we need to... It rains too much up here, so when the sun's out, I'm a happy girl. Good, good. Well, I'm glad you're happy today. Uh, I am too. We've got Callum, um, who had a power cut five minutes before we started recording this. How are you? I'm going to need some cardio training to think of our guests because I'm, I'm knackered now. The amount of times I just run up and down the stairs is ridiculous. And we do have a very special guest with us today by the name of Michael Italiano. How are you, sir? Hey, Ollie. Very well. Very well, guys. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, where are you in the world today? I'm in London. Uh, it is sunny today. This is uh, nice, nice to see. So, yeah, sunny London today. Uh, here for a week before I head out to... Uh, Portugal. Lovely. So um, for our listeners that don't know who you are, well, first of all, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast listeners, but for our listeners who don't know who you are, can you please summarise yourself in in one sentence? Uh, I'm Daniel Ricardo's performance coach. So I fly with him all around the world and make sure he's fit and firing for every race. Thank you. Start off by just telling me, how did you guys first meet and and how long have you been working with uh, Daniel Ricardo? I've been working with Daniel professionally for four years now. Um, we met, I think, at a very young age. I think we met through mutual friends, probably at about the age of 12 or 13 when we were teenagers. Um, that, you know, I didn't see him much because I think he left, he left Perth, Western Australia at the age of 14, 15 to pursue uh, a Formula One career. So he, he left and went to Italy and started racing in some of the World Series there and uh, kept winning, So which was nice. So he kept progressing <laughs> and... Uh, so I'd only really see him once a year. So, uh, yeah, just just kept that friendship there, and yeah, known him since since twelve. And we we became, I guess, a business part, or, you know, in business together since two thousand and eighteen, start of two thousand eighteen. Okay, you, you say you've been working with Daniel for four years. Obviously, before that, you were just a personal trainer. I'm guessing. 
How did your life change once you partnered with Daniel and started working with him? And I don't mean in terms of career, I mean in everyday life, because obviously you must have just started travelling the world everywhere. I bet that was a big change. It was. It, it was a huge change. Um, <laughs> I, the way I got the job was quite funny. Uh, it kind of just came to me as a bit of a surprise. He just randomly um, asked to, to catch up in, in, in December, so at the end of 2017 season. Um, coming back, he usually comes back to Perth in December just to see family and friends for Christmas. And uh, we caught up for a coffee and he asked if I if I wanted to travel the world with him. And, I was, and yeah, I... Daniel being a joker, I thought he was absolutely having me on. And uh, so I just, I, I gave him a bit of a smart-ass reply back and uh, he was like, no, I'm, I'm serious. So so the reason why I say that is because that was like mid-December and then he's like, oh, by the way, I need you in Europe, uh, mid-January. So so when you say the life transition, I, Callum, I, I didn't really have time to think. It was like <laughs> I got four weeks to, to move my life from Perth to, to Europe. So that was just crazy. Uh, so that was hectic. And then it probably didn't sink in till, geez, I reckon probably like two, three races in, it started to really sink in. And, and yeah, the, my life changed obviously dramatically, you know, going from a normal routine every day, um, waking up 6am clients, um, you know, at the gym all day training clients to, living out of a suitcase, not knowing where I'm going to be in the next seven days. It was quite, uh, it was quite mayhem. <laughs> Do you think that was designed by Daniel? So you wouldn't have a chance to back out. He's just like, this is what you're doing. Uh, pick now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I obviously didn't read the disclaimer when I signed the contract. <laughs> didn't realize how many flights I was going to, I was going to be on for that year. <laughs> just free sky miles out the yin yang. Uh, yeah. You know, talking about how Daniel's kind of a joker and you know, the, I can only assume mayhem it is working with him. Uh, you know, what are some of the key moments, the fun, the funniest moments, the moments you look back on and go, how did we get away with that? Or that was a good laugh. Yeah, that's a good question. Okay. So one of the most, I guess, funny moments or good, to, good, good time moments was definitely Monday uh, post Monaco win in 2018. So, uh, yeah, probably won't go into the finer details, but that was an all-day, all-night party. And, uh, yeah, we did some ridiculous things uh, and got, <laughs> we got quite carried away. So that was quite a fun fun, uh, fun experience itself in Monaco. Uh, <laughs> Come on, you've got to tell us something. <laughs> there was a lot He's of, sitting uh, there going through, like, what can I actually divulge from this? Like, oh, that'll get us locked up. That'll get us locked up. Yeah. I think we're, we're at a beach club. I forgot. I think it was called Anjuna. Yeah, Anjuna Beach Club. And uh, it was pretty crazy. We had, like, champagne guns. So everyone's shooting each other with champagne guns, which was quite fun. Um, I may have been hanging from the ceiling at one stage. I don't know how that's doing that. But, uh, <laughs> Eat your heart out, see ya. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think if I say any more, I'm probably going to get sacked. So I'll leave it there. <laughs> I tell you what, I've um, I've been watching you guys, obviously, like everyone else on on the Instagram and and things like that. And w one thing that just makes me laugh is when you two dance and you just put on the tunes and you dance. Now, I'm not sure if you've ever seen Michael, but we. We, we remixed one of your dances with Daniel Ricardo when you were at Renault and we put the Boyzone uh, theme tune behind it. <laughs> I'll send it to you. Um, but what I think is different is you guys are just 
pure mates and you can see it and there's no fake in it and i think you know that really comes across in what in what you do yeah and exactly there's no hiding it we are mates and formula one being such a, a high pressured environment and you're in it from march to december it's there needs to be times where you can unwind and just be a boy if that makes sense like you know like there has to be times you know even at the racetrack where you just got to have a bit of fun and just unwind a bit because it can just be so intense and you can kind of lose lose yourself a little bit if you're, uh, you know, within the F1 bubble. So, yeah, you know, there'll, there'll be random times we're in the room and, you know, we've got, you know, someone flickering the lights and then DR's all of a sudden dancing and I'm like, oh, well, you know, I might as well just join now. So, and yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. It's, <laughs> there's, uh, there's a lot of that. <laughs> there's a lot of people that, probably don't regard Formula One drivers as athletes. So can you just talk us through how tough it can be physically on a driver and, and why it's really important to be race fit? Yeah, um, I, I guess I'll tackle the first part of your, your, your question there, um, Emma. Um, I think the people that say that Formula One drivers aren't athletes, I think one, they're probably, they're probably not educated enough on the sport itself. And two, they're probably associating racing with their day-to-day driving right like driving to work and maybe going you know 60 to 80 miles on the freeway um and breaking at your traffic lights where it's it's completely different right so if so if if people are thinking that then that's something that i guess I'll, i'll try and explain to them but uh if you guys jumped in an f1 car and we were going down a straight and then we slammed the brakes uh i'd probably say 10 out of 10, both your, all your heads would be in your laps. I don't think you'd be able to even withstand the G-force that these guys withstand. So to give you some, i give you a bit of a clear picture. Uh, G-force is what the drivers experience when uh, around the racetrack. So when either they're braking, turning or accelerating, uh, they have a helmet on, which, which creates more weight. Um, and, you know, some corners can be up to 5G, which is, which equates to like 35 to a 40 kilo dumbbell being pushed against your neck um, at the side of your head. So, you know, you can imagine that force being pushed on the side of your neck for two hours around a racetrack. It's, uh, it, it wouldn't be comfortable. And yet you're still trying to drive the car as fast as you can and hit the perfect line. Um, so there's no room for error with, with these guys. You know, it's, it's a bit different to, to football or, or rugby where you're, you can kind of have a rest when 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 the ball's in, in the opposite court in the opposite side, or you know there's a, there's a drinks break. Uh, there's no drinks break for these guys. They, they literally have to be on for two hours. So uh, yeah, if for, for me these guys have to be super fit. Um, you know, from a cardiovascular perspective, um, they're fighting the car constantly. So there's so much tension going to the body. So they have to be fit. Um, there's studies out there that show you know as soon as on, onset fatigue kicks in. Um, your lap time starts to really decrease, um, you know, and, and so that's that's one thing that you want as an athlete is to obviously delay the onset of fatigue as late as possible in the race because that's when your lap time will start being affected. That's actually a genius uh, way of putting that is the weights. You know, we all hear about the forces, but it's hard to really grasp what that means when we hear 5G lateral, you know, that that's brilliant. Thank you for that. Uh, looking at your website, you know, you work with a very, very broad client base. You know, you've got (laughs) musicians, footballers, cricketers, professional snowboarders, rally drivers, on and on it goes. Who's your biggest name drop, you know, outside of Daniel Ricciardo, you know, the one that 
uh, you either worked with or that reached out to you that you kind of went, <laughs> okay. <laughs> to be honest, um, like obviously Daniel was my 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 number one priority, so I work with him full time, and, and a lot of other guys is just on and off type of type of work, or if, if they need my advice, I'm, I'm always there for them. But uh, I'm a I'm a big Gang of Youths fan, so when uh, when da- when Dave uh, La Pepe came to me, uh, the lead singer. And uh, wanted some advice. I was uh, I was all for it, man. I was I was like, damn, let's do it. <laughs> I was uh, yeah, love my music. So that was that was pretty cool. Like a barter <laughs> system, abs for some merch going on there. <laughs> uh, I was gonna ask for some vocal lessons, but my singing sucks. So I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> you've you've obviously you've been at a number of F one teams now, um, following Danny. Which which one was your the sort of the best atmosphere? I mean, right now I've only I'm only two races into McLaren, so that's that's a bit irrele- um, irrelevant. And then also with Renault, we're pretty much we're in a COVID pandemic for for seventy five percent of my time with them. So I guess the obvious choice is going to be Red Bull because life was normal. Um, Red Bull parties are, are awesome. Um, they host really cool events every race. So that first year as well, maybe because it was my first year in F one and it was so hyped up and. Uh, Daniel also won two races that year. So th- that year was very fun. So yeah, you could say the Red Bull brand is is very fun. Um, and, and that was definitely a very, very memorable year for me for, for many reasons. But uh, yeah, I think COVID affected my <laughs> my experience with Renault because we obviously couldn't do as, as much. And uh, and obviously McLaren, I've just started. But uh, each team's got their their benefits, I guess, and, and, and their, their positives. But yeah, uh, I did have quite a lot of fun in 2018. So, With, Without getting you into trouble here, do you think uh, McLaren are going to top that? Because obviously we're coming out of the pandemic now um, and they look like a pretty cool place to be at the moment, don't they? Mate, they are. They are. I think uh, I think they can. I think they're I think they're an awesome brand. I think they're an awesome team. Uh, and they, they, they have a really cool marketing team. So I, I, think, uh, I think they can match it. And I reckon they can too. Well, let's see a Zach Brown party. Let's see how that compares, shall we? <laughs> I'm all for it. We're going to have Michael train Zach Brown to where he can hang off the chandeliers. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Uh. <laughs> who, who or what inspired you to become a personal trainer? Did you have, like, pictures of Arnold Schwarzenegger on you all as a kid? Or? Um, good question. I, I didn't really have a, a role model that influenced my career decision. Um, funny enough... Coming out of uh, out of school, out of college, uh, I was a bit of a lost soul. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and, and that's, I guess, one of the biggest struggles. You know, you know, being being a student is, you know, you're supposed to have figured out your career by the time you finish school, which I, I think is completely false. Um, you know, I'm still trying to I'm still trying to work out my career. You know what I mean? So, um, I actually started studying civil and structural engineering. So I did that for seven years. Uh, and I was in an office, you know, nine to five, just a, just a regular job. And uh, what kind of uh, changed my mentality, Callum? I was always into 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 sport and fitness. So I was I was competing uh, in Aussie Rules at the time in Australia. Um, yeah, that crazy sport. I like when everyone just nods their head and smiles when they hear that. <laughs> but uh, and uh, I actually read a book called. Uh, called Rich Dad, Poor Dad from Robert Kiyosaki. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually, it's a financial book, right? It's a finance book. And I read it just to purely learn a little bit of basics on finance because, again, something that you don't learn in the school curriculum is, you know, how to, how to handle your money. So 
but I, I got a massive life lesson out of it. You know, he talks about the fear of, of not actually pursuing something that you're passionate about. And I finished the book and I was like, geez, what, what am I doing? Like, yeah, this is, I'm in a comfortable job and, and, and I know what I'm doing. And I'm good at it, but my passion is in, is in health and fitness. And, and, and so that was kind of literally Callum. It just, I just flicked the switch literally. Like as soon as I finished the book, the next day I, I, I signed up for a course and boom, there I was just ongoing studying to, to be a, to be a coach. It's, it's amazing you said that because I read that book about a year and a half ago um, and then probably six months later along came the Formula Nerds. I hadn't actually put the two together until you've just said that. It's honestly, if, if you need to, if, all our listeners, if you need to change your life, give that book a read. And no, we don't get any promotion from it. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know Robert personally. I wish I did. Yeah, me too. <laughs> So we all know that um, Daniel really loves a good pre-race playlist. He's really into his music and I know that you are as well. Do you have a sort of like workout playlist? Because I know that when I'm in the gym, I have like a gym playlist. It's mainly also a 90s old school dance music. But do you have like a, a kind of workout playlist that you like to work out to? Yes, I do have a workout playlist. However, if I'm working out with Daniel, uh, I'm not allowed to have... Uh, control of the music. He's the boss. Really? <laughs> <So> <laughs> I've listened to some of Daniel's favorite music. Yeah. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I, I provide I provide the Bluetooth speaker, and then he's like, "Okay, turn off your Bluetooth." And it's on to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I get. I think the only thing I get bossed around in would would be the music department. I think. <laughs> but yes, I do have a, a workout playlist, but I only get to I only get to listen to that when I work out by myself. <laughs> What's the, what's the what's the first track on it? You know what? I'm going to click it right now. Okay, here you go. I miss you, Fundamentals. So love love my Fundamentals. If you have, mm, yeah. Um, and then a bit of Casbo. Um, what else we got? RL Grime, bit of Griffin, Kygo, Petite Biscuit. So yeah, varied. Who the child? Yeah, pretty pretty varied. Um, Griffin, but then Daniel's very very varied. You know, sometimes um, come race day, you know, he, he wants to be pumped up, so he will have some heavy metal or metal. Um, other times like that, like the race just gone in Imola, we're, we're driving in on a Saturday and he was quite relaxed. So he played Taylor Swift Exile. No way. I love about Taylor Swift. <laughs> love it. I wouldn't have predicted that. That was nice. Just driving through, uh, the Bologna Valley and just listed Taylor Swift. It was quite picturesque. <laughs> it was, it was quite a scene. <laughs> That one wasn't on Instagram, was it? No, yeah, maybe we should do that. Like, I think it's like the playlist for ADD. There's no way you could put that on shuffle and know what you're going to get if you went through. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Okay, so obviously you met Daniel three or four years ago. You started working together. How did you know what to do when it came to training the neck? Because obviously the neck is a big focal point for the drivers. How did you know what you were doing? Good question. I didn't know what I was doing. So what I did, <laughs> I, I lent on Daniel initially. So Daniel obviously had uh, particular exercises or routines coming through his junior years and 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 also through uh, through his Red Bull junior years as well that he uh, that he adopted and that he was used to. Um, so we worked with that for the first year whilst I kind of gave myself some time to do a bit more reading and some and some uh, research and. Uh, yeah, I end up getting into contact with a, a very, very um, knowledgeable uh, professor here in the UK, um, Dr. Don Gatherer, um, and he has a, a GS harness, which which uh, 
which we now use for the neck. It's it's a very, very safe and efficient harness for training the neck. Um, so now we now we have adopted a bit more of a my style of, of neck training, which 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 has been great because Daniel's taken it on board and uh, which is something that we now we have now progressed to. So yeah, to answer your question, it was a, it's a good question, Callum, because I it was kind of something that it was just, it was more that was more of a generalized uh, approach to me. I kind of got into F one and I was like, wow, I I've trained a couple of motorsport athletes, but not a Formula One athlete. You know, there was a lot of questions I was asking, so it wasn't just about the neck. But yes, neck was a major major part of that. But it was also there was a lot of things about like heat acclimation training. So how to get these guys accustomed to very very hot. Um, uh, climates, so like Singapore, Abu Dhabi, Budapest, when they're really, really hot races. So, yeah, there was a, there was a lot I had to play catch up on. One of the things that struck me going through your website and your Instagram and your socials, and you know, getting some research done about you as a trainer and you aside from Daniel, mm-hmm. uh, it's just inundated with celebrity and normal people, you know, endorsements, and yep. it's all positive. You have a very positive tone and a very. Uh, uplifting message in any time you post or share anything. Yeah, you know, what is it like to look at all these people you have impacted in such a tangible and meaningful way and go, I did that or to ha- see somebody turn their life around for the better and realize that because of your efforts. Yeah. Um, thanks, Matt. That was, that was nice. Little, uh, nice little compliment there. I'll take that. Um, to be honest, that that's, that's my main motivation. And that was the number one thing that is why I started, right? So, you know, ne- never forget where you came from. And when I first started out as a personal trainer, my number one goal was to, to change these people's lives. And as soon as I started doing that, it, it, it honestly, it's priceless. And you can see from the feedback when you, you know, when you actually put effort in and you actually care for your clients, uh, you can make a really big, big, significant impact on their lives. And that is literally my main motivation. And one of the whole reasons why I love what I do. So, that's also like, yeah, it's something I'll, I'll always, always do. And it's something that I always, always will care about. And yeah, it's something that will never, I'll, I'll never get sick of. It's, it's very humbling to, to hear um, these, these, these kind feedback, the kind feedback that I receive. And, and yeah, it kind of just, like I said, it motivates me just to keep working harder and keep, keep becoming a, a better coach because, you know, we can always improve. So we, we were at the, the British Supercarts last week, and I'm sure you're, you're familiar with Supercarts. The, these things are ridiculously fast and wide open and uh, on the floor. Um, and we were interviewing one of the drivers there, Samantha Hempshaw, and I said, oh, I, I'm interviewing Michael Italiano next week. Help me sound intelligent. What should I ask him about being a racing driver uh, and training? So... Um, what she said is, obviously, F1 drivers, they, they do a huge amount of fitness, um, as you do for, you know, driving a supercar as well. But at what point do you let the body recover and rest? Do you do that a day before the race or do you not? Yeah, good question. So a lot of people think being his coach is all about train, 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 um, where it's actually the opposite. And it's actually something that I thought my job would entail when I first started was, okay, we we're doing all this training. So... I went and, uh, funny enough, went and periodized all this program for an entire year and realized it was so irrelevant once you actually start getting into the calendar. So preseason, all right, we're on. We're training once or twice a day. We're, we're getting super fit. We're preparing for race one. But 
once you're in the calendar season, you know, when you've got those double headers and triple headers, there's there's hardly any training. There there might be, you know, we get off a flight and we tick the legs over on, on a spin bike just, just to get the blood flowing again because when you're up in the air, you know, you're sitting down for a long time, you can be a bit stiff. So we might just get to the hotel, do a bit of stretching and just tick the legs over and get the blood, blood flowing again. But the main emphasis is usually recovery throughout the year. So sleep, supplementation, nutrition, um, and just obviously trying to bat- battle jet lag because jet lag is a big, big uh, barrier for these these drivers to try and keep them in peak performance on the Sunday. So, yeah, to answer your question, recovery is probably the, the number one thing that we emphasize on uh, throughout the year. You know, if, if we have a, a break in between races like we did before Imola, I think we had like yeah two weeks off. Obviously, then we have a, a nice training block because he's got 10 days. But um yeah, when you've got back-to-back races or triple headers, it's all about recovery. Have you ever had any other drivers, you know, maybe Daniel's teammates sort of getting on the phone to you saying, can you can you come to my side of the garage and help me? <laughs> Trying to poach you from him, maybe? No, there's, uh, as far as I'm aware, there's no poaching going on. I think uh, all us coaches have a very close bond and we all know each other, We, you know, we, we we talk and we, we respect each other um, because obviously we we all have similar passions and we're all doing the same job and you know so there's always an automatic um, sense of respect there for each other. So uh, as far as I'm aware, there's no poaching. I haven't been poached by by another Formula One driver. Uh, so yeah, but uh, yeah, good sneaky question, but yeah, it's it's I guess it's it's it war- it's warranted. So <laughs> this last year, the gyms have been closed. Um, through through lockdown because of the pandemic i i have missed being at the gym i've had to do a lot of i've had to try and find some online workouts and it's actually been quite difficult for me to find something that that really suits me Mm -hmm. um and my lifestyle and my fitness but do you think there's like a a difference between gyms and online workouts you know what's the sort of like pros and cons to each because obviously it's been a big thing like online workouts have have become bigger and bigger that over this past year with the gyms being closed and um, the gyms are reopening in Scotland on Monday but I actually I'm now thinking well if I can find the right online workout for me I'd rather just stay at home and and do it so you know is there sort of like a a big difference between sort of gym and, and online workouts yeah, it's a good question. It's one of the probably the main question that uh, the fitness in- industry has handled the last year, right? Um, I think I think what the benefit of what COVID has exposed to the fitness industry is showing people how diverse you can be from the comfort of, of your own home. You know, you literally you don't require much equipment to stay in shape, and so that's that's been a positive, and that's something that I've tried to endorse. Uh, through the pandemic, um, you know, I've, I've put a lot of in, in at-home um, bodyweight programs out there so people can um, use them. I've done a lot of free 30-day fitness challenges on YouTube, which is all bodyweight. You can literally do it in the comfort of your own home. Yeah, I've just started um, the, the Dare to Dice one. I was yeah, knackered yesterday. Know. Absolutely knackered yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I think I did... I did the one before that chase the ace. I was doing that in like my Bahrain hotel room, you know, so people like to realize that you literally just need like two minutes of space and I'll make you sweat. You know what I mean? Like, so I think the benefit is definitely showing people and giving them the realization that you can do a lot from the comfort of your own home or even on your lunch break at a park. Um, 
when if you're at work. So I think that's one of the benefits of home training and knowing that you can actually maintain uh, your fitness level um, from the comfort of your home. Um, the benefit of a gym for me is the the, the morale, like the energy that a, a gym brings. If, if you're part of a gym, um, you know, a good gym brings a very strong community. Um, you know, you, you know the coaches, you know all the members. So when you get there and you're starting a class or or you're starting your workout, you have your gym buddy there, or you have people around you that that, that, that are like you, right? They're, they're trying to achieve a goal. They're, you know, you might you might walk in a bit, de- you know, unmotivated, but then all of a sudden you've got old mate Harry over there who's your mate and he's absolutely smashing it and you're like, you know what? I want to match him. And so you, you've already, you, you, can, you can bring some energy from that gym where at the comfort of your own home, it's very easy just to sit on your laptop all day and just go, oh, should I get up and just do a workout or I could probably just keep working, you know what I mean? So you can get stuck in a bit of a rut at home where a gym brings that strong morale and obviously you can you have you have a coach there if, if you need it. But um, I don't have a preference on either. I, I like both. I think both have a, a very, very important part to, to health and fitness. Um, obviously, it's very convenient if you're time, if you're time restricted to, uh, to do things from home. And me and Daniel have done all our training from home in the last year and a half and he has stayed in peak condition. So that's proven itself that you can do some really, really good things from the comfort of your own home. I think Matt Fraser, like what, four or five time CrossFit champion, he, he always he just always trained at his home gym in his garage. So there you go. When you, um, well, in normal times, let's forget COVID times, but in normal times, when you're booking into a hotel for, for a race weekend or whatever, I assume most of the, the F1 personnel are in the same sort of place. Um, do you go into the gym in the hotel? It's like, right, there's Alonso on one machine. There's, um, you know, there's uh, Lewis Hamilton on the other. And is it just a big paddock of um, the, the drivers in there? Yeah, just a bunch of sweaty F1 drivers. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, and uh, F1 coaches just pointing the finger and telling them what to do. Yeah, it is. It says it's uh, it's quite funny. It'd be uh, a... <laughs> It's quite a it's quite a cool gym, cool, cool cool environment to be around as well. Yeah, you know how if you go in the gym, there's always that one guy that's on his phone at like the Smith machine or something like that. Can you imagine the level of whinge there must be in that gym with like Alonzo telling Lando, "Oh, I want the elliptical." <laughs> I can only imagine the level of bickering going back and forth as well. Yeah, may, maybe I get there early and just set up a GoPro in the top corner. <laughs> Oh, please do it. Please. I would watch that. I would watch we can that. get Attenborough to commentate over that. George Russell entered and removed his shirt to show his dominance. Um, has Drive to Survive helped business? Because obviously I see on your website, you actually provide programs to even people of my ability, which is zero ability. So has Drive to Survive actually helped that? Because I even found myself looking myself, you know, after, after I saw him. Yeah. I didn't do it. Because I'm lazy, but <laughs> you know, no, it, it, you're, you're you're bang on, Callum. Um, yeah, obviously Netflix has has helped. I think everyone in, in Formula One, you know, I I think Daniel's profile has 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 escalated quite a lot in America, and we've noticed that every time we go to America, he's getting you know we could walk the streets before, where now he's he's getting tooted and and stopped. Um, so yeah, Netflix has definitely helped business one hundred percent. Um, I've got a nice, nice global community going, which is which is amazing, and uh, yeah, I'm tr- I'm uh, continually trying to to grow it, and uh, yeah, show people that 
my style of coaching can can definitely help, and it's uh, it's definitely not not the the norm of, of coaching. You know, I, I do I do take into consideration a lot more lifestyle factors than than what maybe some of these apps do. So yeah, Netflix has definitely helped. Um, I guess there's a positive and negative of that. You know, like they're they're like a <laughs> they're like a fly on the wall. They're always there. <laughs> so like you know, sometimes you don't want a camera in your face, but it's there. So. You know that's the negative, but the positive is, like you said, there, there's a there's worldwide exposure there. Talking of Netflix, quickly, when when Daniel said the famous intro um, of Netflix are a bunch of, aren't they? Um, did you just go to him? And you, oh my god! Right, did, did you see that come in? Was that as just off the cuff as it looked? Yeah, it was completely random. I mean, <laughs> Daniel can't like. <laughs> You should see half the things he says to Netflix. You're lucky those haven't been haven't been <laughs> that's, that's that's one of many of lines that he's dropped. Um, and, and to be honest, I actually forgot about that until they actually launched it because obviously that they're with you so much and you say so much, you you just forget what you've said. And I actually I actually forgot that bit until I actually watched watched the <laughs> that that puts it into context of how much he must say then if you forgot that bit. You, um, you've got a Facebook coaching group, which I am part of, and it's now got about just over 2,000 followers. So tell us a bit about the group, um, why you sort of set it up and what you want everyone who's part of that group to sort of take away from it. Because something that I'm really loving about it is the food themes. And as much as I did try and have a go at making a smoothie last week, I tried to make a virgin pina colada and then just thought, this doesn't taste nope. right. Put the rum in it instead. <laughs> just drank it as a cocktail. You should have just I taken the photo and just, just <laughs> rum the ingredients. <laughs> I, would have, I would have sold me. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's the weekend, just do it. So like, it, it was actually really tasty. I loved it. But I'm making a halloumi salad today and I am going to put that on the group because right. I absolutely I love a salad. Well, I love you've a just, salad. You've just told everyone now, Emma. So now you've got some accountability. So you have to <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, look to answer your question, it kind of goes back to my last comment about your gym v v home, where I talked about that that gym presence of having that strong community. So that was that was kind of where that that idea came from. Where I was like, well, if I'm going to build this online platform. I want all these members to be able to interact or people of, of like-minded where they can interact as a community and, you know, share each other's success stories or struggles um, and, you know, team up and team up and find a, find a, um, a fitness a fitness buddy, you know, so, which has been amazing. Like, I I don't know if you've seen it, but yeah, like this, there's girls like jumping on Zoom calls together and doing the workouts together. Um, there's people like, you know, commenting in there, asking for motivation and then people are just, you know, sending through their, their good vibes and, so that that for me, that's what a community is all about. It's you know, so so that's kind of the main reason why I did that is so people understand that not only will they have the full support of me, but they'll also have the full support of like-minded members. And yeah, it's been really cool how it's. Uh, and I'm, I'm I'm glad you're a, you're a part of it, Emma. And I uh, can't wait to see your halloumi salad. Oh, that's the pressure's on now. Better look good. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about the ultimate accountability holder? You literally just told the man himself, like, I'm doing this today. So, Michael, you have full reign to just like get in her inbox and be like, hey, where is it? What are you I'm doing? Going I'm going to the question. <laughs> uh, one of the things that really touched me going through a lot of the testimonials and the comments and the feedback I found is, you know, you espouse mental health 
as much as you do physical in a lot of your socials. Uh, how crucial a component of any fitness routine, regime, you know, life change, or even reaching a goal, do you feel that mental aspect is? And how can we cultivate that through the lifestyle changes that you're trying to implement throughout the world? Yeah, I, I think it's number one. Because in my mind, if your head's right, um, you, your body won't be right and, and you won't stick to anything, right? So, which Suddenly is why... Suddenly, my fitness makes a lot more sense. You said if your head's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, because like everything ties in, right? So um, this week, I'm actually launching like a, a lifestyle quiz on my website where you take the quiz and it breaks down like, 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 like you said, your nutrition, your mental health, your, your, your struggles and your fitness barriers. And it kind of just breaks it down into a package. And then I kind of, I give you um, my recommendation on what you should do from there. So it kind of ties into what you're saying there, Matt, where if your headspace isn't right, nothing's going to work. And that's just, that's just me from experience as a coach, but also personally, like I've, you know, everyone goes through phases of fitness phases in, in their life. You know, I think the average, the average um, lifetime that you stick to a, like a proper fitness journey is about three months. So what I've noticed is people, people, you know, stick to a, a fitness journey for three months and then they probably find another thing to, to stick to, or they find another, another type of hobby to stick to. It, it's, it's, it's forever just an ongoing cycle. And what I've noticed on my own personal side is when my head wasn't right, I, I didn't achieve great results. I didn't train well, I didn't train consistently, but all of a sudden it's when your head's right, all of a, it, it just feels easy. Right. And, and, and then people are probably saying, well, how do you get your head right? Well, the one thing I do with, with my clients is I ask them to find clarity. And clarity is what is the reason why you're going to wake up and pretty much take my advice. So if I'm asking you to eat this and do and, you know, exercise three to four times a week, like Matt, why are you doing it? And Matt, you might say, ah, because I, I want to lose 10 kilos. But the real reason is why do you want to lose 10 kilos? And it's kind of like, oh, okay, because my partner wants to go cycling on the weekend and I actually can't keep up with her and it's actually affecting our relationship. Boom, I'll write that down. What else? And all of a sudden, you've got five to, to 10 real deep, deep you know, rest, you know, restrictions as to what's actually holding you back. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, well, you're going to stick this up on your room. And all of a sudden, now you have clarity. So when you wake up and you don't want to put your, your, your fitness gear on, your clarity is there and it's kind of like, okay, no, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that's about getting your headspace right and not actually confusing what you're trying to do. And, and then after we do that, Matt, we then set small goals because, okay, we've set, we're going to make, we're going to make you lose 10 kilos in three months, but three months is so far away. So you could wake up and go, oh, geez, three months is so far away, right? And that can just be unmotivating in itself. But I'll be like, well, Matt, how about this? I've give, I'll give you a two-week goal and your two-week goal is to cut your beers from six six a week to two a week. That's your goal. And all of a sudden you're like, boom, that's my goal for two weeks. The goal is a massacre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you hit that goal and I give you another one. And then before you know it, we're literally at the three month mark and you're like, holy crap, like this is this is awesome. And so finding ways to just keep that motivation and keep that drive. Um so that, that's obviously, it can be a lot more complex than that, but I'm trying to keep it simple and, and for, for you guys listening out there. I think we can we can take some advice out of out of the paddock here because um, obviously you've got motivation to train if you're an F1 driver. You know the, the motivation is there every day of your life. Um, but if you're you know working from home during this pandemic and you're just either you're working in your bedroom or you're working in you know your front room or whatever, it's 
it's the mental aspect of actually doing the fitness in the first place. But how do you how do you think that um, doing fitness can well basically reversing it? How can fitness help your mental health? Well, one exercise will improve your sleep, right? And and I know sleep is is a big big um, big big topic at the moment about how to get better sleep. So number one, if you exercise, you're going to get better sleep, and if you get better sleep, you're a uh, Get cognitively, you're going to be a lot more fresh and focused for the day ahead, right? So that's the number one thing why uh, health health will help you. Uh, oh, sorry, why exercise will, will help your health, but also um, yeah, exercise releases dopamine, releases serotonin, so it releases all your feel good hormones. So you're going to feel good after doing exercise. Um, it's actually going to boost your energy levels as well. So you're, you are going to be more productive during the day, whether you think you're not going to or not, you will. Um, so it, 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 I'm a big, big advocate that exercise just should be a part of your lifestyle. That's simple as that. You know, it's, it's not a training regime. It's, it's a lifestyle. Um, and, you know, exercise doesn't have to be a 10 out of 10 intensity. Like people, don't, people have to understand that. Like, you know, for instance, uh, yesterday I had a really, really busy day. I just jumped on the bike and did some low, low intensity spin for, for 30 minutes, you know. Like it, it can literally be as simple and as low impact as that. Um, but it's just about being consistent with your training. You don't have to pick up heavy dumbbells and absolutely smash yourself every day, like like you might see on Instagram with you know the CrossFitters um, who are just who just maintain an insane load of volume of training. But you know these guys have have adapted to this over time. That's, that's what people have to realize. So um, you know it's something that me and Daniel adopt. You know, so you know I, I'm programming for Daniel for this week but you know I've got some really really low impact stuff for him because he's still trying to still trying to get over um, the, the weekend's um, I guess physicality so um, I just want people to realize that it doesn't always have to be a 10 out of 10 workout so we know that nutrition is really really important to, to reach your goals with your mm-hmm. fitness but surely you allow yourself a cheat day and if, if you do like what what is it that you what's your go-to food? Mine is Doritos, by the way. Chili Heat Wave, Doritos. Well, Whole bag. <laughs> people might not, 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 not like me here, but I actually don't believe in a cheat day. I, I think it's like it already provides negativity about the whole it's a cheat day or so like even like the whole cheat meal. I don't even, I don't, I don't even want to associate it as a cheat meal because then it kind of already, already puts in your head that you're doing something negative, right? Where I'm kind of like, okay, this Saturday... I want pancakes and I want a lot of them, right? So what am I going to do to earn those pancakes? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to train consistently for the next five days and the Saturday morning before pancakes, I'm probably going to do a heavy leg session just to, just, to, just to earn them. So when I do eat them, one, it's not a cheat meal and two, I've earned them. So I'm eating, eating them and I'm smiling when I'm eating them. You know what I mean? Like I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I'm like, I worked hard for this. You know what I mean? So I, for me, I'm a big advocate of, you know, Everything, everything's good for you in in moderation. Um, so, and then to answer your question, Emma, what am I going for? I'm going for a big, dirty, greasy American burger. Uh, I, I just, I just love it. I love burgers, and the greasier the better. Like if, if my <laughs> if, if, if the grease isn't dripping down my hand as I'm holding it, then it's not good enough. <laughs> we had um, we had Lawrence Barreto on the podcast uh, a, a couple of months ago. Have you been for a burger with him yet? Because if you haven't, I think he's the man. Really? No, I haven't. Okay. So he's he's what, what, Matt. Remind me. He's he's written um he's he's written a list. Has a ranking system or a list for the burgers around the world, and he literally researches 
and does almost like a food critic review wherever he goes. He, the man is a burger connoisseur. So I tell you what, I'll pay you for that list. <laughs> <laughs> we are the brokers of this list now. Uh, <laughs> the guardians. <laughs> uh, I I have one more question on the uh, food topic, uh, being the resident foodie, except for Emma. Uh, you know, on your socials, you have these amazing preparations that just look, you know, Michelin star chef quality. Uh, I have to ask it: Did you cook all of those that can be found on your site? And if so, how is it fair that you're that good looking, hang out with rock stars, work in F one, and have the dance moves you do? Oh, how are the rest are the rest of us supposed to compete with that, Michael? Man, that question really went off topic. <laughs> I wasn't expecting the second half of that. <laughs> I wasn't. Um, <laughs> yes, man, I, I, I cook them, but let's just be straight here, right? Like, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff ups in the kitchen. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so, like, don't don't think that everything I do is like perfect one hit wonders. Okay, <laughs> it takes time and effort. <laughs> It's a bit like these pod, this podcast for the listeners who think that it just goes to plan. No. <laughs> uh, I feel like today's gone to plan, though, hopefully. Yeah, it has. Up in at like quarter to ten this morning, we were all, Matt wasn't even here. <laughs> Callum had a power cut. <laughs> um, Michael, it's it's been it's been a real a real journey, and actually, uh, and I'm not just saying this because we're facing each other right now, but I think you've inspired me to get my ass into action because um, I'm a bit of a Callum when it comes to I'll do it later, I'll do it tomorrow, and you know, with 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 lockdown and day jobs, there's always an excuse to have, and I don't think that there should be. So I think you've taken some inspiration out of the F1 paddock and brought it onto this show. So. I thank you for that. Um, for the people who have also felt inspired by uh, what you've said today, how can they follow you? How can they get involved uh, and see what you do? Yeah, so, so my, my website, www.michaelitaliano.com, that's my, my fitness platform. Um, so that's a paid service. So if you want to be involved, um, jump on, on my website. Uh, I also provide a lot of content on my Instagram, so at michaelitaliano. So I provide a lot of free content on there. Um, a lot of my F1, my F1 life is on there as well. So if you want to follow some F1 stuff, some some insights into into my journey into F1 as well. And uh, on either of those platforms, you can sign up to my mailing list where I send a lot of coaching um, emails. And as, as Matt recently did mention prior, as I do talk a lot about the mental health side. So I talk a lot about self-confidence, uh, resilience, um, you know, positivity and belief. So just getting people in the right mind frame before they embark on on any journey, it doesn't have to be a fitness journey. It can, it can be a, it can be a career journey, you know. So, um, I love I love writing those emails too. Amazing, thank you. And, and I think we, this podcast wouldn't be complete as you work for McLaren F1. Where are you going to finish in the season this year? <laughs> as a team or as a driver? Uh, both, please. Okay, team. I'm I'm saying third. I think I think we'll finish third. Um, obviously, I'm going just off the two races, but uh, McLaren, um, Mercedes, and Red Bull look very strong. I think uh, I think the third battle with Ferrari is going to be very very tight this year. I think I think we're going to have a really good battle with Ferrari, which I'm really excited about. From a driver standpoint, I'm hoping for for a. I mean, I'm being optimistic, but I'm, I'm hoping for like a, a P6. You know, a P6 or a P5 to P6 would would be great. Um, Daniel still has a lot to catch up on with the car um, and, and get used to. So, 
yeah, hopefully he can just keep um, plowing in consistent results. And then once he's, uh, once he's comfortable, um, I've, I have no doubt he's going to go bang. How will the 2022 regulations affect the driver's um, uh, training, physique, performance? Is, is it going to be a completely different uh, sort, of, sort of car to drive or is it just different car, same thing? Yeah, good question. Um, to be honest, it's always different because the car is always getting quicker every year. So when the cars get quicker, they experience more G-force. So whatever our PBs are last year, the goal for every year is to make sure that we beat those PBs because they're going to have to be fitter and they're going to have to be stronger every year. So, you know, because, because the car is always evolving, the athlete has to keep evolving. So we're always, always trying or not trying. We are bettering ourselves, which is which is great because, you know, there's some athletes out there that think, oh, no, I'm, I'm in the best possible shape. You know, I can be. It's like, no, there's always room for improvement. And having that having that accountability, knowing that the car is always going to be quicker, it's kind of like, shit, yeah, you're right. I, I, I need to be better this year. Ollie's got what we like to call a little bit of a bongo belly. <laughs> the other day he was sat on the sofa. Honestly, he's doing this. He's playing bongos on his belly. Um, how do we make it so it's more of a like a... A wall sound. How do, how do we make that happen? <laughs> Cal, you know this job you've got, mate? It's no longer. <laughs> I've actually enjoyed Callum's uh, questions because he always has like a quick smirk, ch- smirk on his face before he tells, says, says anything. So I knew, <laughs> I knew it was going to be a cheeky answer, uh, question. <laughs> um, the bongo belly. Uh, that's a famous one for too much too much beers. Would, would, I, would, I, be, would I be right, Ollie? Didn't uh, yes, okay. Yes, you got me. Know this? <laughs> At least five were consumed while he was playing the bongos on his. Head. So, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, good old, good old bongo belly is a uh, is a drinking one. So, uh, if uh, if I was giving any advice to Ollie, I'd be uh, I'd be saying cut off the beers and get on the the vodka lime sodas, and that would be a, that'd be a start. Yeah, thanks for that, Cal. I really appreciate it, mate. I'm broken. I can't follow anything up now because all I can imagine is the different timbers that we. If you're the bongo belly, I'm gonna be like either a bass drum or a timpani. That's what I'm going through right in my brain right now. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll start a little uh, percussion. <laughs> Matt. Okay, well, thank you so much, Michael, for joining the show today. It's been awesome. We've had a, a good laugh as well, so thank you for that. Um, we wish you the best of luck this season. Uh, obviously, you and Danny. And um, let's let's catch up in the future as well. Don't be a stranger. No, definitely. No, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I, I've done a couple of podcasts, but it's it's good to good to have one where we can just have a bit of a laugh. So I, I really enjoyed that. And yeah, happy to uh, happy to speak to you guys uh, whenever you'd like. And uh, obviously, keep the update on the, on the bongo belly, please, Ollie. I will. I'm going to go and tell my fiance now that uh, you're my personal trainer for the wedding. So um, yeah. <laughs> He's given me all the advice I need. Stop the beer. Thanks, guys. Network.